My boyfriend, Grant, showed up as I was zipping my bag. The son of a CIA analyst as well as the high school quarterback, Grant provided me with social standing in addition to being another link to the agency. He propped himself up on a closed locker and gave me one of his dimpled smiles, eyes twinkling behind his glasses. Want to hang out? He asked, reaching over to fiddle with the locket at my neck. The coach canceled practice for the day since we're all kind of beat up. With his free hand, Grant lifted his shirt a couple of inches to reveal a rather spectacular bruise. I winced. Grant was an athlete in geek's clothing. Looking at him, you'd never suspect he was the quarterback with the highest pass completion rate in the state. He looked like he'd be more comfortable at a video game arcade than on a football field. Grant tucked a stray piece of hair behind my ear. You could come over to my house and maybe we'd luck into another blackout, he said with a wink. I laughed. I'd like to, but I really need to work on Dagby's paper. All right. Well, don't forget. I'm your ride to school tomorrow. Yep, that's cool. I'll see you then. I leaned in to give him a quick kiss, but Grant had a different idea. Taking me into his arms, he dipped me backward, old movie style, and kissed me with skillful intensity. For a few seconds, I melted, caught up in Grant's enthusiasm. Then he lost his balance and dumped me on my butt. Oh my God, said Grant, his voice indicating utter mortification. He was sprawled on top of me, his face smushed into what there was of my cleavage. I'm so sorry. Grant stopped speaking as I began to shake with laughter. Grant was a romantic, but somehow his efforts never quite materialized as promised. It was a Grantism I couldn't help but find charming. My last assigned boyfriend, Kyle, I'm gorgeous and I know it, Donovan, was all smooth moves and false bravado. I much preferred Grant's more earnest attempts at romance, even if they sometimes left me battered. Grant rolled to the side and propped himself on an elbow, his smile sheepish. Still laughing, I tousled his hair. You're such a doof, I said, packing his cheek before hauling myself to standing. See you later, alligator said Grant, waving from his place on the floor. Smiling, I rolled my eyes. In a while, crocodile. Thinking of Grant's kiss as I walked to my car, my heart started to flutter. A sensation I wasn't prepared for. It may have ended with us in a heap on the floor, but the beginning started with great promise. Grant had a habit of catching me off guard, and I was flustered by the ferocity of his kiss and the feeling that was obviously behind it. Inside my old Chevy Apache, I leaned back and closed my eyes, allowing myself a moment for thoughts of his lips on mine. Their feel, soft but firm. Their taste, a combination of mint and oranges. Close but far, close but far, I muttered, recalling Varus's concern over the relationship. Spies don't have the liberty of real relationships. You must keep an emotional distance from Grant without him realizing it. Close but far, he'd said. I shook my head. His taste. His feelings. My... Stop it, stop it, stop it, I commanded my thoughts to be silent. You're being supremely ridiculous. I focused on my breathing, inhaling long and deep. One breath, two breaths, three breaths. After a minute, my thoughts stilled and I opened my eyes. Right, 
Time to get going. I stuck my key in the ignition, said a quick prayer my truck would start, then gave it a turn. The engine coughed twice, then sputtered to life. The truck, a 1960s model, was formerly Albert's, as in he bought it new in the 1960s. Given its senior citizen status, the truck's reliability was questionable at best. I patted the dashboard. Good boy. Martine was expecting me, and I hated to make her wait. As I made my way out of the school parking lot, I noted two vehicles that were new to the school grounds with drivers I'd never seen. The first was a nondescript silver Toyota Camry inching out of a parking space with Virginia Tag 777GN8. The driver was a wide-shouldered bearded male wearing a plaid shirt. The second was a black suburban with a female redhead in her mid-thirties with New York Tag 552NR1. Asa King and Lydia Agawa had the same Toyota, but their cars had novelty license plate frames. No one at Fair Valley East, neither teacher nor student, had a black suburban. It was second nature for me to pick out what didn't belong. My ears at Perrin had taught me threats surrounded us constantly, no matter where we were. I logged all the information on the cars and the drivers into two mental folders, one for each driver, and watched as both cars fall in line behind me. I closed and filed the folder on the Toyota when it turned left out of the lot and sped off. The redhead turned right and followed me down the road at a respectful distance. I made a left. She made a left. I made a right. She made a right. Even when I made a turn for the seedier side of downtown, she continued to follow. Until that point, I hadn't been worried as I was following the standard route into town, but the area I now approached was a total dead zone. I was about to turn down an alleyway to see if she would continue tailing me when she veered into a Burger King. Another folder closed and filed.